Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. And by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 686. Well, here it is late July, mid-summer, and already many shorebirds are on the move, heading south. Meanwhile, less than 20 miles south of our Talking Birds broadcast site here on the Massachusetts coast is an amazing place called Menomet formerly the Menomet Center for Conservation Sciences, originally the Menomet Bird Observatory, where shorebirds represent an important part of their mission. Menomet does extraordinary work that includes land bird conservation, program advice on creating sustainable economies, nature-based solutions to climate change, and shorebird recovery and research. And in connection with that last item, they've now produced, along with the Western Hemisphere Shorebird Reserve Network and other partners, a fascinating visual presentation, an animated story map about this shorebird. It's the Wimbrel. And about how biologists equipped seven of these birds with backpack-mounted solar-powered satellite transmitters to track the birds' travels from their Arctic nesting range to their South American wintering grounds. The researchers found that whimbrels may fly more than 4,000 miles nonstop during their migration. Now, whimbrels are pretty big shorebirds, but we might be forgiven for wondering how it's possible for them to fly these incredibly long distances with transmitters on their backs. Well, thanks to technological advances, these little backpack devices weigh only as much as a nickel. Those wimbrels can handle that weight no problem, so now thanks to this animated story map, it's possible to follow the wimbrel's journey and meet the ornithologists, learn about the birds, and see the wimbrels through the eyes of people throughout the Western Hemisphere. It's pretty cool, and you can find it through a link on our website, TalkingBirds.com. Just click on the links button right there at TalkingBirds.com. Uh, we now present an installment of our occasional feature that we call Birds in the News. Thanks to the atlasobscura.com website, we've learned about a problem at the William B. Umstead Bridge in North Carolina's Outer Banks. It's a confrontation between automobiles crossing the bridge and Purple Martins flying out from their roosting sites there. It turns out that the commuting times of Martins and Mazdas coincide, and not surprisingly, the Martins were proving to be the losers in these encounters. So the State Department of Transportation there came up with an idea that they hoped would solve the problem. They put in place a special summer speed limit, backed up by a big sign saying, low-flying birds, speed limit 20 when flashing, dusk and dawn. Meanwhile, the Martins contributed to the process as well, learning to avoid collisions by flying a little higher than they usually do. And how's it working out? Well, Gail Hutchinson from the Coastal Carolina Purple Martin Society reports that although some birds 
are still falling victim to Volkswagens and Volvos. The mortality rate has fallen from 50 to 60 birds per night to only three to five. It's a pretty good partial solution, it seems, down there on the William B. Umstead Bridge in North Carolina. By the way, more about the Purple Martin uh, right here in just a couple of minutes. Well, not everybody thinks about heading to Arizona in late summer, but a lot of birders do, and of course lots of birders live there. And here are three good reasons to be in the Grand Canyon State in the next few weeks. First, the annual High Country Hummers Festival, Saturday, July 28th in Eager, Arizona, in the eastern part of the state. It's a compact single morning, 8 a.m. to noon, hummingbird-centric event, and it's free. That's on July 28th. Then there's the four-day Southwest Wings Annual Birding and Nature Festival, August 1st through August 4th in Sierra Vista, with free programs, wildlife exhibits, vendors, guided trips, and a keynote buffet. That's the Southwest Wings Annual Birding and Nature Festival. And there's also the big five-day Southeast Arizona Birding Festival, August 8th through 12th, presented by Tucson Audubon. Features half- and full-day trips, Evening Owl Prowls, Free Nature Expo, Activities for Kids. That's the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival, August 8th through 12th. Hot, feathered fun in the summertime in Arizona. Coming up a little bit later in the show, it's our Mystery Bird Contest. This is a preview of our contest. We'll give you some clues and sounds of the bird to think about before our contest uh, actually occurs in just a little bit. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. It's a small songbird with yellow underparts, an olive green back, a yellow face, dark wings and tail, and in the male, a black cap. Our bird breeds across Canada and south through the western U.S., Seen in most of the U.S. during migration, and it winters from Mexico south through much of Central America. It feeds primarily on insects, which it gleans from leaves and twigs, or snaps up by flycatching. That's our mystery bird, and that's a preview of our contest. We'll uh, give out the signal to call in just a little while. Well, here's a reminder about our new listener blog feature in which we invite Talking Birds listeners to send us your stories and or observations about your birding adventures and or observations. Candy Powell down in Jamestown, Rhode Island started this off for us last week and the invitation is open to all. It's our new listener blog. You can send your story or comments to us through the contact button at TalkingBirds.com or through our Facebook page or by email to Ray at TalkingBirds.com. We'll be waiting to hear from you. It's nice to know that Leonardo DiCaprio isn't the only movie star who's passionate about the planet. There are others, too, including Harrison Ford, who gets today's Talking Birds conservation salute. That salute piggybacks on other recognitions he's received, like the 2018 Global Wildlife Ambassador Award, named for another famous actor and conservationist, Jane Alexander. That award honors Mr. Ford for being among those who are described as effective, credible, and consistent voices for wildlife. 
Mr. Ford has earned several other honors, including the Founders Award from Conservation International, the World Ecology Award from the International Center for Tropical Ecology, the Global Citizen Award from the Center for Health and Global Environment, and the Lindbergh Award for his efforts to balance technology and nature. And Harrison Ford gets today's Talking Birds Conservation Salute for being not a famous figurehead, but someone who has spent thousands of hours both in the field and in boardrooms fighting for the cause of conservation. Here's another conservation note. Last week, we started off our show by reporting that Starbucks says it will stop offering plastic straws by 2020 and will replace them with a recyclable strawless lid and alternative material straw options. This was in recognition of the fact that hundreds of millions of plastic straws are thrown away in the U.S. every day, with many of them ending up in our oceans. Well, two young students named Sophia and Amanda also learned about this straw apocalypse, and they have started a petition drive to urge another big beverage purveyor to stop serving plastic straws. That would be Dunkin' Donuts. Their petition is being circulated through the website change.org. Meanwhile, Burger King says it will begin its rollout of biodegradable straws in the U.K. this September. No word about them doing that in the U.S. yet. Bon Appetit Food Service Company has announced that it will stop offering plastic straws in the 1,000 colleges, corporations, and cultural institutions that it serves. And Alaska Airlines has announced that it will stop using plastic coffee stirrers and citrus picks. They say they used 22 billion of those things last year. By the way, Starbucks is also doing something else. They're investing $10 million to develop a recyclable, compostable hot drink cup. So maybe, just maybe, we're starting to see a bit of no more single-use plastic items momentum here. Stay tuned. Well, this is a feel-good story. Back on the 1st of October, we broadcast our Talking Birds show from the Galapagos Islands about 600 miles off the coast of Ecuador. During our visit to that truly amazing archipelago, we were fortunate to see some pretty incredible birds, from swallow-tailed gull to flightless cormorant to red-billed tropic bird and Galapagos penguin and many species of Darwin's fabled finches, along with many other creatures, including maybe most famously the Galapagos giant tortoise. Well, it's just been reported that last April... 26 young Galapagos tortoises were kidnapped from the islands as part of a wildlife trafficking operation and were transported to somewhere in Peru. The good news is the tortoises have been found and freed from their captors and returned to the islands. Specialists from the Galapagos National Park Department and Galapagos Conservancy say that the tortoises are active and healthy and feeding enthusiastically on the chopped cactus that's being provided by park rangers. Well, dog days of summer, but uh, we're happy to report that Talking Birds listeners are still stepping up and becoming Talking Birds ambassadors, and that includes Jason Schultz from Thurmont, Maryland, just a few miles from the Pennsylvania line. And at Jason's request, we've also sent him one of our spiffy Talking Birds patches for attachment to his birding gear backpack. By the way, Jason says, I have been a birder my whole life and almost became an ornithologist before being talked out of it by a high school biology teacher. 
a teacher, not a birder, I'm sure. Well, Talking Birds listeners, to join Jason as a Talking Birds ambassador, hand out some of our cards, please click on the contact button at talkingbirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button at talkingbirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment, in which Mike will talk about crackers and crab legs and clamshells being found in bird baths. And up next, that bird that slowed traffic in North Carolina is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. A famous moment at the headquarters of the Committee for Naming Birds. I can't think of a name for this bird. I've gone through a thousand names, and none of them seem right. I've got to come up with a name. Calm down. You're turning purple, Martin. I've got to... What did you say? Calm down. You're turning purple, Martin. That's it? You're turning? That's the name. That's it. That's it. Purple, Martin. Yes, exactly. And that's how the Purple Martin got its name. Yeah, well, historians say the Purple Martin probably was named for a 4th century bishop, St. Martin of Tours, because the birds were believed to migrate at the time of the Christian feast of Martin Mass, named in the bishop's honor. Although, we like the other story better. Anyway, the beautiful Purple Martin is the largest North American swallow and a popular resident of backyard birdhouses. In fact, in eastern North America, the Purple Martin has nested almost exclusively in nest boxes since the late 19th century. And Native Americans were known to hang empty gourds for the birds even before European settlers arrived. This beautiful swallow is unmistakable, the male sporting an intense bluish-purple-black coloring, which the female shows on the back, contrasting with a grayish-brown chest and belly. The purple martin has a large head, a thick chest, and broad, pointed wings. It feeds in flight, grabbing insects in the air, and it even gets its water in flight as it skims the surface of ponds with its lower bill. Here are some of the sweet sounds of the purple martin. By the way, the genus part of the Purple Martin's scientific name comes from the Greek name Prokne, daughter of Pandion, who was changed into a swallow. But that's another story. The Purple Martin, today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Thanks for being with us. It's our show number 685. As always, we invite you to visit our website. That's TalkingBirds.com, and there's still no G in Talking. And we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Roger Page, and I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. I became a Talking Birds ambassador shortly after I began listening. It seemed to me that it was exactly the right kind of show that a lot of people that I knew would enjoy listening to. 
So I began telling people. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at talkingbirds.com. And thanks. If you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, just a reminder, you can do so online. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, for the easy info on how to do that. Our show is aired live Sunday mornings from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. By the way, you can search for Talking Birds in iTunes or Google Play, and you can listen to our podcasts uh, on your favorite app. If it doesn't show up on your favorite app, please... Uh, let us know, and we will try to try to fix that. Here's our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with yellow underparts, an olive green back, a yellow face, dark wings and tail, and in the male, a black cap. Our bird breeds across Canada and south through the western U.S. It's seen in most of the U.S. during migration. And it winters from Mexico south down through much of Central America. It feeds primarily on insects, which it gleans from leaves and twigs or snaps up by flycatching. Prizes this morning. We have the Droll Yankees Cute Feeder. It's the cutest little chickadee feeder. For any type of food, it lets you manage the size of visiting birds with a height-adjustable dome. And its dish holds a cup of sunflower seed or mixed seed or fruit or mealworms. And a bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. So there we have some sounds and some clues and some prizes in our mystery bird contest. And you're eligible if you haven't been a winner here on Talking Birds in the last six months. So don't delay. Call us as soon as you can so we don't run out of time. 781 837-4900 is the number, 781-837-4900. Just ahead next, it's Let's Ask Mike live. Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Well, here's a preview of another great nature book from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, publishers of the Peterson Field Guides, the Kaufman Field Guides, and many more useful guidebooks and reading books. Every child knows the allure of climbing trees, but how many of us get to make a living at it, spending days observing nature from the canopies of stunning forests all around the world? As a wildlife cameraman, James Aldred spends his working life high up in trees, capturing key moments in the lives of wild animals and birds. Aldred's climbs take him to the most incredible and majestic trees in existence. In Venezuela, even body armor isn't guaranteed protection against the razor-sharp talons of a nesting harpy eagle. In Australia, the peace of being lulled to sleep in a hammock 25 stories above the ground after a grueling day of climbing and filming is broken by a midnight storm that threatens to topple the tree. Read about these and his many other adventures in The Man Who Climbs Trees, available wherever books are sold. Well, we call this morning's Let's Ask Mike edition Strange Food and Bird Baths. And Mike O'Connor will be here to tell us about it. In fact, I think, think he's here right now. Let's uh, let's check that out. Good morning, Mike. When you hear the music, you know I'm there. You're there. Boy, thank you. It's good to know you're. <laughs> we can count on you being there. <laughs> when the music strikes. Yes, indeed. So, what is this? Now, you were talking about crackers, dog food, crab legs? Yeah, 
crazy Clam stuff shells? in the birdbath. Oh, bird did bath. I interrupt your list? I'm sorry. No, yeah. that was it. Yeah, crazy stuff in the birdbath lately, and I not only my birdbath, the customers come in and they're, they're you know they're complaining. Look at look at all the stuff in the birdbath. They got pizza crust. I've got yeah, like you said, crab legs, and um, most of it's from crows. Crows in this time of year here on the Cape, uh, people are uh, you know having picnics and cookouts and scattering food around, and the crows sneak in and scoop some of it up. But it's like pizza crust or donuts. They're a little dry, so they come in, and they've been soaking them in my bird bath and other mm. people's bird baths, even muffins. And then they <laughs> dip them in, and they fly off with them, and sometimes they let them soak a little longer. Um, I try to reconstitute the muffin because one of them looked good, but it, it just kind of <laughs> fell apart. Boy, that would have been pretty extra tasty. Yeah, I think so, don't those, you think? Those nooks and crannies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, and no one's sure why, why this happens. Um, you know, they thought, well, maybe they rinse them off. And the crows are smart, and they learn from each other. So mm. not all crows have the same behavior, but one does it, and then other ones will copy it. And so this seems to be common around our area. And they thought maybe they rinse off the food and make it, you know, get the get the mustard and ketchup and tartar sauce mm. off. Or other people think, and I think this is more. Um, more likely the point, although we can't prove it, is they take this food and then they feed it to the babies. A lot of fledged crows are flying around now and they're squawking like heck. And the, and the parents will feed them food. And some of these food, like, you know, like a crust of bread is a little dry, so they soak it in water first. Uh, I even had grackles. Now, I don't think put grackles in the same intelligent bracket as crows, but mm-hmm. I, I had dry mealworms put out for the uh the chickadees and the Carolina wrens, and the grackles would take mouthfuls of them, drop them in the water, and then stand back. They're almost like they're preparing them, yeah. and then they'd scoop them up again and fly off, you assume, to prepare to give to their babies. And my yeah. customers complain, how do I keep these birds from <laughs> ruining the bird bath? And I say, calm down. It's a bird bath. It's for them. It's not you to decide what they do with it. You know, it's just water. Rinse it out if you don't like it. Yeah. Do it again. But it's important for the birds to, at least in this case, to kind of moisten their food. So just just put up with it for a little while, just during the the baby bird season, I would assume. But also, we'll get a second to talk about filling your bird bath. I mentioned this like a year ago, and I'm probably going to mention it every year because it's important. When you fill your bird bath, don't use the garden hose. Don't drink from the garden hose like we all used to back in the day. That's probably what happened to us. Exactly. But (laughs) garden hoses are not regulated. They're full of lead. They're full of... Uh, PBA, which I don't even know what that is, but nobody likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like 20 times stronger than the government uh, re- uh, acceptable amount. Wow. So if you use your, you can get better bird, be- uh, better garden hoses usually at a camping store or a boating mm. store or RV place where they, you know, people likely to drink the water. But try to get, don't use a regular garden hose to fill your bird bath because it's not, the water isn't safe. So when you fill your bird bath, what I do is I've got a couple of, you know, I went out and bought some better hoses. But oftentimes I'll just take a container and fill it from the sink and then go out and fill the bird bath with that. It's so it's safe drinking water, but stuff you get out of the hose, that's not so great to drink. So yeah, you put think, that in. You think they would have uh, made some regulations about that after this time? As people do drink out of hoses, let's face it. For, right, right, forever. You would have yeah. you would have thought so. And I know California's kind of has required people, uh, not pay, manufacturers, to put that on their packaging. But who looks at the packaging of a garden hose? You know, you just mm-hmm. rip it open and you plug it in and you get ready to go there. So, so that's a, that's. 
Yeah, right. We all did that, and it's going on for so long. And, you know, and you know, sorry to say, the regulations are going the other way right now, so I don't know if that's going to change anything. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, we take away from this, don't drink out of your garden hose, don't squirt it into your bird bath, don't worry about the stuff in the bird bath, because that's for the birds, and don't put any bars of ivory soap in there. That's not what they want. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and don't eat the muffins. It doesn't work. <laughs> Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay, sounds great. Mike O'Connor down there at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. We're back to the Mystery Bird Contest after this very brief message. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Here's a good one more time, the sound of our mystery bird here. It's a small songbird, yellow underparts, dark olive green back, yellow face, dark wings and tail, and in the male, a black cap. I didn't mean to say a dark olive green back, just a regular olive green back. Our bird breeds against across Canada and south through the western U.S. Seen in most of the U.S. in migration, winters from Mexico down through Central America, feeding on insects that it gets from leaves and twigs and sometimes flies out and snaps them up by flycatching. 781-837-4900 is the number to call if you think you know what this bird is or if you'd like to take a guess. As always, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number. We have Tom in Weymouth, Massachusetts, starting us off here. Good good morning, Tom. Good morning. Good to hear from you, Tom. And what do you think our mystery bird is? Uh, I think it's a green-backed lesser goldfinch. A green-backed lesser goldfinch. Is that a real bird? There is a lesser goldfinch. I don't know about the green-backed part. Yeah. You, you might have a new have a new one there, or a new one no. for me. No, it's it's in my Peterson field. Greenbacked. All right. Yeah. Greenbacked. Lesser goldfinch. All right. Interesting. Uh, But not our mystery bird, unfortunately, this time around. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Tom. We'll have to make that our mystery bird sometimes, and I'll be stumped as well. 781-837-4900. We have Ben in a place uh, near where we were talking about earlier in the great state of Arizona. He's there in Scottsdale. Good morning, Ben. Yes, good morning from the blind birder. Oh, I'm totally blind. We know you, Ben. Nice to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, you know me on Twitter. That's my username there. Black Cap Vireo. Black Cap Vireo is not exactly what we had in Bird mind. out. Yeah. Bird out. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben. Did you hear about those festivals, or did you already know about them in Arizona no, this summer? No, are there bird festivals out here? Yeah, we've got the Hummers Festival in Eager on July 28th, the Southwest Wings Annual Birding Festival August uh, 1st in Sierra Ooh, Vista. Everything seems to be in the east, so it's nice to hear stuff going on out here. Yeah, in the southwest, yeah, and another one in uh, the Tucson area with our friends from Tucson Audubon. I want to yeah. check those out. All right. Ben, thank you so much for calling in. Hope we'll hope to hear out. from you again. All right. You bet. All right, Ben in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, we still haven't quite uh, nailed our identity on our mystery bird. Uh, 781-837-4900 is, is the uh, number. There's the sound of the bird once again. A small songbird with yellow underparts, an olive green back, a yellow face, dark wings and tail, and in the male, a black cap. I think everybody's noticed about that black cap. Just haven't connected it with the bird yet. Let's try Ben 
in Lawrence. Uh, Mitch. Hi, hey Ray. Oh. Hello, Ben. Hi, Ray. <laughs> how about another wrong guess? Another wrong the, guess. Great. How about, how about yeah. the, the Northern Shrike? The Northern Shrike. Right. Uh, let me check, and I'm going to check my notes here. It doesn't shrike me as the right answer. It doesn't shrike Jesse as the right answer, he, he says. Okay. <laughs> I'm All used right. to <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ben. All right. Uh, ben, there are the guests of a northern shrike. That is not the bird that we were looking for. Quite a bit smaller uh, than a northern shrike. It's a bird that breeds across Canada and south through the western uh, U.S., seen in most of the U.S. during migration and wintering from Mexico south through much of Central America, feeding primarily on insects, which it gleans from leaves and twigs and snaps up by flycatching. Will we be able to take one more call before we run out of time? We'll find out momentarily. Uh, let's see. We have we have somebody, 781-837-4900, and we have uh, Rena. Is that uh, is that a Rena? Okay, Rena. Hey, in- I'm Dedham. Hi, Ray. Hello, Rena. Yes, I believe it's the Bachman's Warbler. The Bachman's Warbler. Jesse, uh, Bachman's Warbler. Uh, closest Jesse, guess yet. Double checking. He said that's okay. the closest guest yet. A uh, guess yet, even though not exactly what we had in mind. But Rena, uh, stay on the line. What's our winner going to be? Uh, well, I kind of gave it away. I said, "Stay on the line." I guess we just uh, we just chose like it's Rena as our winner because her guess was the closest. Yeah, the uh, actual answer was the Wilson's warbler. The Wilson's oh. warbler. Hey, thank you very okay. much. Um, thank you, Rena. We are out of time for our show this morning. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com.